Let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 18. Let's go to Luke chapter 18, verses 9 to 14. We'll spend the bulk of our time in Luke chapter 18, verse 9 to 14. And prayerfully, we will get to the application um, of this particular uh, text. I am 100% convinced. I'm 100% uh, in alignment, this is not some algorithm by Facebook or one of those marketing online companies that track your movement. This is the Holy Spirit that's leading, directing our church. And I really meant when I said earlier that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and that God desires to work through you. Um, let that sink in right there for for a minute. And so... Um, God believes that prayer is absolutely vital. It is the very breath that you breathe. It is not just something you check off on a box. It is not something that you do for five or an hour or three hours to say you pray long. It is uh, attitude, and we're going to get to understanding that. So in Luke 18, verses 9 to 14, uh, if you have an opportunity, I want you to read this from the Passion Translation. I'm going to use the... English Standard Version of the Bible, of which I use. Some of you may use King James. But I want you, if you uh, read the Passion, to read the Passion translation of this. Uh, It really gives a good understanding of the title for this message this morning, which is Prayer Cannot Fit Into Our Religious Box. It just can't. And this message, while this message is for everyone, This message specifically directed at God's people. And um, I want to say that because I don't want to make it sound as if, you know, there's elevation. But but there is this, or, or, or separation, I should say. But understand that everybody is God's creation. Can we thank God for that? Worthy of love and respect and honor because they are God's creation. But not everybody is God's child. Let that sink in. Don't get offended because that will help you. That will actually help you love well. <laughs> right? That will help you love people well. Um, and so because one of the things that we hear consistently from people is pray for me. Pray for me. Uh, pray for me. Someone say pray for me. We hear that all the time. But if prayer is in a religious box, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> and so because we are God's children, we have a responsibility to take prayer out of the box if it's been put in a box. Amen? Because nobody can't fit into a religious box. But we're human, man. We're going to make sure we force that thing in there. (laughs) And so what happens as the culture shifts, we just put more religious things as opposed to realize that, no, you got to get relationship in your heart. And so in Luke 18, verse 9 to 14, here's what it says. He also told them this parable to some who, number one, trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. He goes on and tells the parable in verse 10. Two men went up into the temple to do what? To pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. These two would have hated each other. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. What a prayer. 
Let that sink in, folks, because some people, that's their prayer. I'm glad I'm not like them. <laughs> Let me read on. Now, this is Jesus saying this, not me. He goes on. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. I'll leave this alone because I'll, 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 I'll shake some things if I talk about this right here. So I'll just... I'll just, I'll just leave it right there because it, it didn't say you don't tithe. He just said he's bragging about his tithing. This is, this is New Testament. <laughs> By the way, this is Jesus giving the parable. So let me go on verse 13. Um, but the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. If you write in your Bibles, I want you to underline or circle that. It is the biblical word for just meaning that we're in a right standing with God. It's what I've been sharing with you. You're at peace with God. The war is over, folks. God has me on that because we're wasting energy and we're not praying because we're trying to pray to get at peace with God. And God says, you're already at peace with me. You're justified if you understand this parable about prayer. And so he wants you to know that this word justify simply means I'm in a right standing with God. In other words, God heard my prayer. That it was out of the box. And God heard my prayer. Rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you will lead and guide our time together as we look at your word. Hide me behind the cross, that whatever I say be from you, Lord. And whatever is not from you, let it be gone. In Jesus' name, because what we need is your word and not my opinion. We honor you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Looking at my time, I can see that um, it's, it's, uh, it's tick-tock, it's going. But I, but I really want to really spend some time of, of, of breaking this down for you, because um, this, this week I, I received the text. And this person sent me this text, and it says they were reading their devotion, and this is what uh, they received from, from a commentary. It says, when God is about to give his people the expected good, when God is about to give his people the expected good, he pours out a spirit of prayer. I think that's so awesome. The very thing that's the most difficult to do is where God says, when I'm about to do something miraculous, something good, I pour out a spirit of prayer. You see, last week as we looked at um, our message, we ended in Luke 18, verse 1, where it clearly says, Jesus says that we should pray always and not faint or not lose heart. And so we began and we looked at this uh, month, and I believe it's going to be for the year, and it's really this, this year, um, pray more. This year, Pray more. It's not just a theme for the month of January. This is a way of life for TGP is that we're going to pray more. That every goal that we have, everything that we're looking to do, the answer is always going to be pray more. We're going to see miracles. We're going to see the lame walk. We're going to see uh, uh, eyes open. But it's going to say, don't get caught up in that, pray more. 
We're going to see things restored. We're going to see financial breakthroughs. Some of you, I don't care if they're telling there's going to be a recession in 2023. We serve a God who provides all of our needs. Come on. We're going to pray more. Don't you believe that report? Don't you get nervous and hold it for disposable income? Come on. We're still going to obey God. Why? Because I pray more. And so we looked at, and the Bible clearly states in Matthew chapter 6, it says, when you pray, we went on and then looked at the reason why we pray. And I told you that we pray because it's a human instinct. I said, we pray because it's intervention. I said, we pray because it's intercession, and we pray because it's intimacy. It was neat when I finished this message, and typically what I do after I preach is I go and I go through my mind and say, oh, my gosh, oh, how did I, that came out? And, you know, at first I have to, I have to you know, uh, I'm my worst enemy, you know, judging the message and thing. God's like, will you stop that? I'm like, I'm trying, Lord. You know what I mean? I'm trying. He says, stop it. But one of the things that he does want me to do is to go over the message and to say, okay, this is where I'm going with it. And so when I looked at that and I realized when I said, well, let's start with why we pray. And I began with human instinct and ended with intimacy. God is saying, no, no, no. The place where you start, because God says, before I begin, I end the thing. And so he's saying that we must start with intimacy, then you'll work your way into human instinct. So in other words, if we start with intimacy with the Lord, when we come and we pray for world issues, it'll be based on intimacy with the Father and not on us trying to manipulate things. He says your human instinct has flesh attached to it. So you got to start with faith throughout the entire process. So when you get to you being human now, you're able to declare God's word because the enemy will try to talk to your humanity. Come on. He talks to your flesh, right, until you, you prevent. So prayer is in a religious box because you can't get it out when it comes to the human instinct. And that's why we struggle to pray. Everybody desires to pray, but the reason why we struggle is because we are human uh, uh, instruments that we have to understand. And so what he's saying is this, is that it's, it's when you pray, you, you start with why you pray. And then in Luke 18, we looked at it, and he says, because we need to pray. We need to pray. Someone said, I need to pray. Okay, it's important. So Jesus said, that's why you should always pray and not lose heart. And so as I went to prepare the message, as I was going over it again, I was talking about the tabernacle, and I was looking at Solomon, and God was like, no, that's not it. I'm like, okay, maybe it's about this, and, you know, and talk about this. He goes, that's not it. And he kept pushing things away. How do you know God will always push things away? Come on. So he gets to what he really wants you to receive. And he says, I want you to go back to Luke 18 where you ended. And I never saw this. They says, no, go right back to where you ended because this is what I'm doing. He said, you've got to understand not just the need to pray. You must also understand the nature of authentic prayer. He says, God says, it's not that I'm not answering your prayer. It's that your prayer is not authentic. We're not getting to teach me how to pray yet. If you don't understand the nature of prayer, it doesn't make any sense because all you would do is just memorize the Lord's prayer and just say, but there'll be no power behind it. And people are depending on your access to heaven. Oh my God. Unsafe folks who know you're a Christian need to know that you know how to access the father because they feel they can access the father. They feel they're not worthy of it. So when they say to you, pray for me, they actually believe you know how to access heaven. So don't just love me. Pray for me if you love me. 
and access heaven over my life. Because they need prayer. We all do. And so what he's saying is here, he says, Rowan, the reason why prayers are not being answered is because we're trying to fit them in our religious box. And so he says, I need for you to look through Luke 18 and continue on there. I said, okay, God. You see, the first of the year was on Sunday. And so what we did was we, we, we made our way to, our, um, to my daughter and, and son-in-law, Blaine and Danny's home in, in Upper. And we went there and, you know, we watched uh, football and for the last minute until something happened. We couldn't finish watching the game. And, and, and so we're there. And, and so then we went and you know, Blaine and I being good husbands, you know, and we went and provided, got food for the family. You know, we went and, and we were shopping in Upper and we went and we said, now we got to go to Walmart. You know, you know, y'all have to go to Walmart and you go there and end up in Walmart. We get our stuff. And so we, we come back. And so now we've eaten our burger and everything like that. And, and we said, let's watch a movie together as a family. Meg has to work in the morning, so we're going to do that. So long story short, we put in a, a movie about to watch it. And we just get to probably about maybe a minute, two minutes in, into, into, the, uh, into the movie. And all of a sudden, Danny just picks up the guitar and she starts to show on the guitar. And all of a sudden, the atmosphere just shifted. And we turn off the TV, um, and we just start to play and worship. And I'm sitting, I'm God, look at God's faithfulness. My entire family is together. And I'm at my son-in-law and daughter's home, and, and here is my grandson. And he's, he's not feeling well. And, and so we're just, we're just praying. Because at that moment, the Holy Spirit knew that while the movie would entertain us, what our family needed was to have an experience with God through prayer. And so he interrupts that. He says, pray because you got to bring heaven in earth. The first day of the new year is what, is what he did. It, it wasn't me. Listen to me. My human instinct was to watch a movie and go to bed. <laughs> but my intimacy, come on, with the father. Says, turn the TV off. See, if you're going to do something miraculous, you're going to do something that's going to be a difference maker. You can't do it in the flesh. That's religion. You got to do it by faith. And that's what he says that when he returns in Luke 18, will he find faith in the earth? And so that was a faith thing that God initiated. It wasn't me. It wasn't like I said, mm, you know what? It's a new year. My whole family together. Let's pray. Uh-uh, I want to watch the movie and go to bed. But God will interrupt your schedule because somebody somewhere needs prayer. And so as we were praying, that's when we got the text message about what happened in Upper Sandusky. We actually drove right by the store. And we sat there and God is saying, I know what's going on. So God interrupts our entertainment. Come on. Because he knows that we need to pray at that moment because evil, come on, showed up and took a life. That was Sunday, and that has that shifted the way I pray now. It, it has literally shifted. The first day of 2023, God shifted me and says, this is why you must teach on prayer. It's because when we get to it next week, evil is abounding. And only the church can push it back. Oh, my God. Ooh, shaka, ba, 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 ba. I'm telling you right now, 
I'm telling you right now, you better put away your entertainment because somebody needs the church to get on its knees and to take prayer out of its religious box. Come on, because God wants to move heaven so it can affect earth. That was Sunday. Monday, I'm home again watching, I don't know why, I'm watching football. And it's, 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 we're in a fantasy football league and, 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 and I won, by the way. I had to put that out. I, I, I am the champion of the world. I called my team the Dallas Cowboys. Come on. America's team. Amen, somebody. I got the mic and you can't say nothing about it. So I'm watching that and I'm like, look at that, man. Fantasy football and I'm winning. Just a winner. Nobody congratulated me, so I sent my own text. Way to go, bro. And then I heart it. You know, you can hit that. I'm like, heart it. They start to laugh. They're like, who does that? This winner. That's who does that. And so I'm watching, watching the game, and, and uh, then I changed it, and I'm watching Downton Abbey again for the 15th time. I'm watching it, and I'm sitting here, and Megan comes, and she's like, did you see what happened? I says, no, and I turned the TV on to the game, and, and there it is that DeMar uh, uh, Hamlin um, just collapsed, Kodak arrest just collapsed. And um, at that moment, the sport world just stopped. Nobody moved. It didn't matter what team you were cheering for at that moment. Something happened on that field they have never seen before. Not an injury. Something happened that stopped. And as I'm watching, as they're clearing out the stadium, because obviously they can't have the game anymore, the TV network zoomed in on a sign that was being held by a Bengals fan. Not being held by a Buffalo Bills fan, by a Bengals fan with a hat on, dressed, supporting his team. But recognize at that moment, it wasn't about whose team. Ooh, come on, the need for prayer. And they zoomed in, and all I saw was the sign was this, pray for Buffalo number three. That's what it said, and it zoomed on. They're longer than the 10-second frame that they tell you that you need to do because our attention span is so, uh, uh, you know, it, it's so messed up that you can't stay focused for longer than 15 seconds. If you watch TV, they keep moving it because they know that you get bored after seven seconds. So they keep moving it to keep you entertained. At that moment, they stayed there. They broke every rule, and they stayed there. And what I saw in that message was God was saying, I'm sending a message to the world, but I'm sending a message to the church. On Sunday, evil showed up. And then on Monday, a miracle was needed. My God, if we're ever going to get a message for the church, it is this. Prayer cannot fit into our religious box. Because people need prayer. I said, God, he says, yeah, Rowan. And so as I was studying this Luke 18, 9 to 14, I realized this, that when I'm talking about pray more, I agree with Ray Stedman. And here's what he said. He goes, the problem is not that we need more of the same kind of prayer that we've been used to. (laughs) He says, folks, they ain't working. Our religious prayers may make us feel good, but they're not moving heaven or earth. 
It may make us check off the box, but it's not moving the things that we need for it to move. And so we see here, and he's saying, I'm not saying that we need to pray more of the same kind of prayer. And that's when I stopped in my tracks. I'm going to say, God, what are you saying? He said, you've got to understand, it's not just people need prayer. It's that we as the children of God must understand the nature of authentic prayer. And so it said, if our life, and I quote, is one of dullness and drabness, It is not that we need to schedule into our busy moments more time for prayer. It wasn't that when you saw the sign that he was saying, pray more of the same prayers. He goes, no, 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 no. If you need to access heaven, you have to understand the nature of prayer and not just your human instinct to pray. See, you see, you didn't get saved by works. You got saved by God's grace. So why will he have prayer a thing of works if he saved you by grace? So if you understand the nature of authentic prayer, you would recognize that what he's talking about is this. It is not scheduling more prayers because we're busy. No, that's the works, and we'll get to that. What we need is to desperately, hear it now, discover the true nature of prayer. So the first thing we must do is we must pray that God will reveal to us the nature of prayer. And that's what it says in Luke 18, verse 9. He says, I just told you, pray always and don't lose heart. And then he says, I know some of you now are going to go back to your religious way of praying. So let me now clarify what I mean. And that's when we begin this parable. And he goes and he says, and here's what I want you to write down. Prayer is about God himself. Prayer is not about the things we need. No, no, no. Prayer is about God himself. And so the reason why we need to pray is because prayer is about God himself. Prayer starts with God, not our need for prayer. So while there's individuals that pray for me, you as a believer who understand the nature of prayer, you know it's not about their need for prayer. It's about you accessing God. It's going back to your place of intimacy where you know the Father because here's the deal. He really is the only one in control. You're not in control. Just look at the two things I talked to you about. We are not in control. We're in charge, but we're not in control. And so the reason why when we begin to pray is because if we really love the individuals, you won't give them your opinion. You won't give them your feelings. You give them God. So you go before God and says, God, we need you. Pray for my healing. God, we need you because you're the healer. And in your mercy, heal. Oh, God. We need provision. God, you're the provider. And in your provision, meet that need. God, I need to be restored. God, you're the restorer. And in your restoration, meet that need. Come on. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's about going back to the nature of God. Because we can pray things happen and we think it's all about us. Back to our text. And so he begins and says, he told him this parable about some who trusted in themselves. I'm praying, but I really don't need God. That's what he was doing. I'm praying because it's my religious duty. Why? Because I'm a Pharisee. I was raised in a pharisaical home. I was, I was taught in the law. So therefore, I'm praying based on works, not based on worship. 
And so I want everybody else to know that I'm a good Pharisee. So in other words, even though I'm doing the act of praying, come on, I really am trusting in myself that it's my action that's moving God. And so therefore, it's vital. He says, I, don't, I, I trust in myself. The one who trusts in his own righteousness, and I quote, is relying on a flimsy defense. That it's not about you. There is nothing in us, come on, that can accomplish things that we want to see accomplished. It's all about God. The second thing was this. It's one thing if that's how you feel about yourself, but then he treats others with contempt. It's like how they treated Jesus. It's like they, they rejected Jesus. And so he treats a tax collector by saying, you are content because of your profession. I don't know you personally, but based on your profession, I'm going to judge you. Come on. Because a tax collector, if you don't realize this, they were collecting money on behalf of Rome against the Jewish people. How could you do that? Work for the enemy like that. So here he's going into prayer that God is saying we need prayer to move heaven and earth, the nature of authentic prayer. But number one, he realized, I'm just doing this for works, for show purposes. Matthew chapter 6, they love to go out and pray in their long robes so everybody can see them, right? And I really don't need God, but God needs me, right? And so now that's my posture. And on top of that, look at this tax collector coming in and he's praying. That is how things are set up. Now, you're looking at me, and perhaps you're thinking, what are you talking about? What I'm telling you is that this is how dangerous religion is. That's what I'm trying to tell you. This is how dangerous religion really is. And we have to go against that spirit of religion with everything inside of us because we're limiting God's power in our lives because we're really being religious. We just use Christianese language to it. Will you pray for me? Oh, I'll pray for you. We walk away. You don't even do it. It's just a pleasant thing to say. Because if someone says, can you pray for me? And you stop there for a second and you want to get God's hands on it, you have to stop them and say, you need prayer? And they tell you what the prayer is. You go right to God first and foremost. Because I, I, can't, I can't control. There's no, I have no answers. For, for, for this family, in upper, I have no, there's no way that I can conjure up in my intellect an answer to, 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 to heal that grief. There's no way. I won't even try. I won't even attempt to do that. But what I will do is go to the Father. Come on. And God has been waking me up and I've been just weeping. And I'm like, I don't even know them, but there's people in our church who knows this family, who's related to this family, who's connected to this family. And I'm like, God, in Jesus' name, we need you, God. I have words to say. Somebody is hurting. They need God. You don't move. And so he's saying, that's what we have to do. And so in Luke 18 verse 10, he begins, he says, two men went up to the temple to pray. So you see how this confirming last week's message, they both went up to the temple to pray. The temple is open to everybody, Pharisee or tax collector. And so everybody is welcome. Come on, somebody. Everybody wants to pray. I, I love that because um, the, the, these sports networks who, who, who tend to dumb down the gospel, right? Actually, I love what one of the sports guys did. He says, he said, I'm, I'm going to pray out loud. And he didn't stop there. He says, and, and, and I'm actually going to bow my head. <laughs> and I'm actually going to pray to God. He, he wanted to make sure, I'm going to pray, and just in case you think that's it, I'm going to bow my head. And I'm, bow, I'm now going to actually pray to God. And now one person said you were out of line or it wasn't politically correct. 
They all said, we need prayer. And so here is he saying, Jesus is telling this parable. He said, we all, they went to temple and they went to pray. They both had an instinct to pray. They both had the need to pray. And so we read their prayers in verse 11 to 13. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed, God, I thank you. Listen to that. I thank you. We were just singing today. God, I thank you. But look what he's saying. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. (laughs) You have the cooties. Get away from me. I'm not like you. Look what he's saying here. And he goes on and says, uh, and he lists the things. And I'm not even like the Leave the tax collector alone. He wasn't even bothering you. (laughs) But he was in the same place praying and saying, how dare you? Come to this place to pray. See, we can't prevent people from coming to pray, folks. We've got to be a church that prays. Because here's this tax collector going in and realizing the only hope that I have is God. And I heard this at the temple where prayer takes place. I heard it's at the temple where prayer takes place. I heard it's at the temple where prayer takes place. I heard it's at the temple where prayer takes place. I heard it's at the temple. Come on. Not made with man's hand. Come on. Man didn't make you. God fashioned you and then put you in your mouth. Come on. You understand that your first spirit who has a body, God fashioned you according to the psalmist. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And he says, that is where I want to dwell. And so he goes on. He says, I do all these things. But the tax collector, he says, he, says, he, doesn't, he doesn't lift up his eyes. He, he gets to this place. Now, we have to understand that, that we don't want to be self-righteous. And we also don't want to have false humility. Because some people can look at this tax collector and you have false humility. God, I'm not worthy. And you don't know your value. So, again, what do we do? We live balanced. We don't live way over here. The self-righteous, I don't need God, but we're also not over here. I'm just a piece of dirt, and no one's worth it. No, 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 That's a lie from the pit of hell. You have value because you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. All I'm simply saying is you acknowledge the one who created you. That's what I'm getting at, that as a child of God, you recognize the one who created you. And so, therefore, there's certain people, you get around them, and if you record the way they talk about themselves, they're just talking themselves cursed. They're rehearsing the curse, rehearsing the curse. I'm like, shut up! Stop talking like that. It's not attractive. It's not, it's, it's not humility. It's false humility. And you're just being religious. You're just being the extreme of over here, the person saying, look at me. I'm the shining light. And so the nature of authentic prayer is we're right in the middle. Why? Because it's about God. It's about God. And so he goes and he says, listen, if it's about God, here's what happens. You pray now with a heart of what? Humility. He went down to his house justified. So in other words, every time you leave this gathering, you go to your house justified. In other words, you came as a corporate gathering and you prayed and God built your faith and you go to your house now and you speak peace to your house. Come on. That is so good. That you spend time in prayer and you receive the presence of God because you can't pray without God's presence, number one, right? And so now that you have God's presence, you go down to your house being reminded that the war is over and Satan, I'm going to win this battle. Come on. So the war is over. God's in control and I'm at peace with God. And if I'm peace with God, I'm righteous, not self-righteous. I'm in right standing with God. So therefore now I turn over this way. I get on my knees and I win the battle now. Why? Because the peace of God guards my heart and my mind. So I pray now 
from the position that God hears my prayer. I pray now from this place of God, you're in control. I pray now, and prayer is not a burden, it's a joy because I'm at peace with God. And because I love you, I now pray. Why? Because God has said that this is how he wants to commune with us is through prayer. Let me hurry. So prayer, therefore, is an expression of an awareness of helpless need that only God can meet. Oh. I don't care if it's a toothache, toothache. Or a heartache. God can meet that need. Oh, glory to God. Right? He can meet the emotional need. He can meet the spiritual needs. And he's going to do that because some of us need deliverance. We, we do. We do. That there's things oppressing us that we have domesticated and just called those things normal. No, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Come on, somebody. The devil is a liar. That I walk with full peace of mind, peace in my heart, peace knowing that I'm righteous before the Lord God Almighty. Because I recognize that I'm aware now of the helpless need that only can be met by God. And so while they were doing CPR and doing everything else they could and to get them to the hospital and the doctors were doing, I'm here to tell you that it was prayer that was moving because everybody for a split second stopped what they were doing. And they prayed. Can you imagine a church service like that? Where we just stop and prayed. Unfortunately, when you take prayer out of its box, he wrecks your agenda. And because we're on a time schedule, let's keep him in the box. And so, therefore, even in my own heart, this is not a message, hear me now. This is a message bringing conviction to my own heart where God is continually saying, Ro, I need you to understand the nature of prayer because there's a difference between you preparing a sermon and you praying to me about the sermon. <laughs> that I can spend all my time praying God give me a word for the people. And God said, you didn't have a word from me. And so he's convicting me as well. He's saying, Rowan, you don't have a word until you've got on your knees and you pray. You don't have a message for my people unless you're actually going to go ahead and pray. And so you are helpless, Rowan. That you need me in every part of your life. My grandson is not feeling well. And I'm praying every time. Texting Danny, how is he doing? And texting him, how, how is he doing? And God reminds me, keep praying, Rowan. Keep praying. You are a child of God. Keep praying. Don't get discouraged. Don't let the enemy lie to you that I'm not working. I'm working. But you got to pray because you love me. Don't pray because your grandson's sick. Come on. Pray because you love me. And because you love me, I'll move in your grandson's life. Come on. It's got to be about God for the sake of heaven on earth. It has to be about God. We have missed it. We have made the need bigger than the giver himself. And so we teach people how to pray, and all we do is rehearsing their need for stuff. And so we're rehearsing, not intentionally, but we're making God a genie because we know he answers prayer as opposed to he is who we pray to. 
God, prosper my business. No, God, come into my business. Ooh, shaka See, that's different. That, that, that's different. That's God, enter into my life and do whatever you want to do in my life. That's a dangerous prayer. I mean, because I'm not in control, but man, I'm in charge. And one thing I'm going to do with that is that I'm going to pray. I, I, I've got to get this because the Bible now says in Hebrews 4, 16, here's what it says. It says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. That we may receive what? Mercy. Do you see the connection with Luke 18? How the tax collector went down to the house justified? So what it's saying is this. Let us with confidence. Let us with confidence. So, so we have a need. And so the answer is not just pray for the need. God, meet this need. Bless us, bless us. He goes, no, let us draw with confidence to receive mercy. We're justified before God. And we're going to stay there until we get the peace of God before we ask for what we need. Because what happens is when God answers the prayer, the prayer may become the idol and takes out of intimacy. And so what I give God and praise, what I give God praise for is not the things I give God praise for him. This is so good because I told you earlier that when God is about to pour out his expected good, he begins first in a spirit of prayer. And so now let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. That we mean what? Receive mercy. It's mercy that we need. More than material things, it's mercy that we need. And it's from that place then we go and find grace to help in time of need. So prayer is an expression of awareness of our helpless need that can only be met by God. Number two, prayer then, authentic prayer is always acknowledgement of divine adequacy. In other words, that God is able, that God is where our help comes from. You see why praise is a byproduct of prayer and not the other way around? God is okay with us praising him and then praying. But where he wants to take us as the nature of prayer is because we pray, we then go ahead and praise. (laughs) Because one is based on your emotion, the genre of the music, the style of music. And so we only praise God if it fits our human uh, feelings. He says, no, 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 no. If you pray, oh my goodness, praise will come out. If you pray, praise will come out. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Why? I spent time in prayer and I understand that I serve a God who is divine, who can meet every single need. Because why? Because that's just how he is. He's a good God. He's a good God. So my final point is this. How do we apply this to our lives? How do we apply this to our life? Okay, Pastor Rowe, I get it now. It's the nature of prayer. This is why I spent the last 30 minutes. This is why I spent this time this morning is because we have to understand this. And I have to go uh, next week into it uh, a little bit deeper or perhaps on Wednesday. But, but here is it. This is the application of authentic prayer. This is how it works. Write that down. This is how it works. You now went from the need for prayer. You now stepped in this morning into the nature of prayer. Okay, so it's really about God. Someone say it's about God. Come on, say it loud. It's about God. 
It's not about the devil. Come on. It's about God. We acknowledge the enemy. We don't acknowledge him at all. He's a liar. He's the, he's, he's the father of lies. He is defeated. It's about God and God alone. And when he shows up, we rebuke him because we know how to pray. Oh, my God. And when we see his dirty work, come on. We say, God, in Jesus' name, we need you to move on our behalf. And so here's the application of authentic prayer. He says this. When you understand that prayer cannot fit in a box, you will now pray more. And here it is. The application for authentic prayer is you will pray for one another. James chapter 5 verse 16 is my last text. James chapter 5 verse 16. Here is where it comes down to now. So remember, we looked at Luke 18, 9 to 14. They both went to pray. A Pharisee and a tax collector. They both had the need to prayer. Now when you understand the nature of authentic prayer and it applies, or the application of it, Listen to what James says. He says, therefore, verse 16, confess your sins to one another. So when they went for prayer, what they should have done was recognize it. Man, I, you're a Pharisee, I'm a tax collector, but guess what? We're both, we, we both need God. We're, we're sinners. Um, and I know, I know I need to get right with God. Yeah. And, and I don't need to get right with God. Yes. Okay. So, so why, don't, why don't we together then confess our sins with confidence before God? Don't talk about my sin. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't, don't, don't talk about my sin. Encourage me to confess my sin so we can go before God. Because trust me, it won't take long for you to find faults and sin and things in my life. But if we understand this application of the nature of prayer, we confess our sins. Why? Because we're going before a holy God. And James is saying, I've given you access to this holy God. And so you confess your sins. Why? Why? Not because you're condemned by God. No. The enemy wants you to feel unworthy to go before God. He doesn't want you to get into God's presence. Are you hearing me, TGP? The enemy doesn't want you to get into God's presence. He wants to bring condemnation on you. So that's why confession silences the enemy. Come on. And confession gives you confidence. Say that with me. Confession. Come on. Say confession gives me confidence. Oh, my God. David says, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Renew my mind. Confession gives you confidence to come before the Lord. And so when you have authentic prayer, you confess because you have confidence that he's able to forgive you of our sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Am I preaching this to anybody this morning? If you have had your sins forgiven, give God a praise and glory. If God has taken your sin and thrown it in the sea of forgetfulness from the east, it's from the west. So he has, oh my God, I wish I had one person in this place. My sins are forgiven. Let us go before the throne of grace. My sins are washed away. My sins are washed away. Oh, the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So, confess your sins. 
Confess your sins. Don't hide your sins. Confess your sins. And then he says, pray for one another. He doesn't say pray for one another, then confess your sins. He says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Why? That you may be healed. Look at what God is saying. The application of authentic prayer is healing will start manifesting in the body of Christ. I'm ashamed of my sin. I'm ashamed of my sins. I'm like, no, the blood of Jesus is applied. Confess your sins. You have a holy father who loves you, who gave his life for you. So in other words, in TGP, because of our need for prayer, we've asked people to pray for us. But according to the Bible, we're not even close because he says pray for one another. That I can ask you to pray for me, but I can't confess my sins to you. And here we're blaming God for unanswered prayers. He goes, you can't even confess your sins one to another. You want me to answer your prayers? And you wonder why you need healing? Oh, you still think you're being judged. You're still going to be religious. Come on. You're still going to the temple every Sunday. 52 Sundays you go and you still, oh, no, I can't tell you what's going on in God's life. You have no confidence. Why? Because when sin rules and reigns, it bleeds to death. And God has said, I want you to have life. So confess your sin so you can have life and you can actually do life together. If you want a religious gatherings of people, go ahead. But as for me and my house, come on. If you want to put religion back in the box because you don't like when it's set free, then I'm sorry to tell you, but I want God and I want God alone. If you want God this morning, if you want God this morning, the nature of authentic prayer. So in other words, in other words, when people now say to you, pray for me, you tell them, I know you need prayer. But let me tell you about the nature of authentic prayer. Because you want me to be authentic in my prayer for you. Look at the difference. My God. That actually makes you stop and have a conversation with them. And not just our, I'm praying for you. See you later. What I got to do. When someone says, will you pray for me? He says, I, I know you need prayer. Because I need prayer too. But let me tell you about the nature of authentic prayer. Because if I love you, I'm going to pray for you. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. I've got to go. God is shifting things this morning. He's shifting things this morning. He's changing the way I pastor his people. My God. I now understand why Paul would say, you're the joy and I pray for you. I now understand why Paul would constantly be praying for the church. Paul figured it out. Paul figured it out and he realized that he's not praying effectively until he's praying authentically.